golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got big nasty I'm going before we try. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on ESPN 1080. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Slippery and wet tonight. Be careful in the house. Your host, Holly G, along with Rich B. And... Um, Rich, it's, uh, it's kind of showering out there. I don't know what's harder, to dodge the rain or uh, stay on the road while you're listening to us. What do you think, buddy? Well, you know, it was a great week for golf as an amateur. Amateur golf came a long way today. Uh, you've got uh, Patrick Cantlay finished well in the uh, Canadian, uh, RBC Canadian in Vancouver. Very, very great golf course, pretty golf course. And a and big shout-out to uh, my good friend, Sean Gorgon, sometimes... Um, my cousin of a different mother, who I played golf with up at Redtail on Sunday and who was playing Worldwoods at the PNC uh, North Florida Section Qualifier and finished second, took home a big paycheck and is on his way to the National Qualifier in Monterey. Yeah, that's the uh, North Florida section. All the uh, club professionals get a chance to play in the PGA uh, of America their uh, championship. Club Pro Championship used to be called the CPC, now the Professional National Championship. And Sean playing out of Sweetwater Country Club, who also um, tried his hand at qualifying for the PGA Tour last year and is going to take on that journey again this year. He's uh, getting into the mode and raising some sponsorships, so we're giving him a little plug and a big shout-out. Uh, but, uh, hey, that's not an easy road, and he's still uh, still following the dream. I love that. Yeah, he's got the look in his eye, and uh, he's got potential. The kid, you know, a uh, great golfer, and f- to uh, perform at uh, Pine Barrens up there in World of Woods, great golf course, good test of golf. He finished well. Congratulations, Sean Gorgone, and uh, let's see if we can get to the next level, qualify for the uh, uh, PGA uh, Championship. Well, speaking of good stuff, um, last week, of course, we were uh, previewing the Canadian Open, and Sean O'Hare, a big win for him, backed into it a little bit, another playoff, but um, we're going to go to our main man, who's um, been um, putting his feet up in in the bunny chair the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to check in after a nice little uh, time off with Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, who said anything about any time off? Oh, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> there, there, there was that thing called Tiger Breaking last week, and uh, we know that but that came on the heels of you coming back from the British. So we missed that. Uh, we missed you last week. But that's um, right. maybe that's we that's should that. maybe we should start there because that news was breaking as we were going on the air last week, and um, I know you've written quite a bit about it and. Uh, one of your other uh, cohorts there at ESPN.com, the infamous Rick Riley, had some pretty choice words to say to Tiger in his column last week. Uh, give us your take on how this all went down. 
Well, yeah, just from my standpoint, I just thought the timing of it was strange, and, you know, I, I, I unless there's more to it than him going to work for Adam Scott for a couple of tournaments, I, and I just thought it was sort of ill-advised. I mean, Tiger doesn't need any more drama um, in his life right now. He doesn't need any more changes. Um, he's got enough to deal with with the injuries and then trying to put his swing back together. And when he does come back to golf, he's going to now have a new caddy. You know, I mean, we can all debate the value of a caddy, but it is the only person that you're allowed to get advice from. It's the only person that you really talk to inside the ropes of, of any meaning. And, uh, you know, it's just one more one more thing that's going to be different for him. And, and I just thought it was kind of odd that, that he would pick now to do that. Uh, you know, there have been many times over the years when people wondered if he might make a change with, with his caddy. It just seemed like this was not the right time. Well, as I mentioned, uh, Rick Riley coming down uh, pretty hard on Tiger. He says, uh, Tiger, you need to realize that when you come back, you'll no longer scare anybody. Unlike the old days, you can only win with your clubs now, not your skull and not your jet and not your caddy, whoever that's going to be. Woo, fighting words. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, that's the thing is Tiger hasn't even played, and he's opened himself up to that now, and that's why I thought it was kind of, you know, uh, I thought it was kind of a strange time to do this. And also, of all people, to make Steve Williams a sympathetic figure. Um, you know, he's not the most revered guy, uh, Williams. I mean, you know, you can make, you can make, you could at, at various times, uh, made a perfect argument for Tiger to get rid of him. You know, because he's, you know, he's, he's not treated people very well and, and, uh, you know, he's had his own issues. Uh, but it just seemed kind of, you know, in, in, under these circumstances, when you kind of start hearing some of the details that Tiger only pays him when he caddies, you know, how much did the guy worked over the last three years? You know, it's one thing for Tiger to be collecting all of his endorsement money, but, you know, Steve Williams only gets paid when he works. Granted, he's made a lot of money. But still, I mean, um, you know, he figured, hey, what the heck, I'll, I've, I've come back over to the U.S. He didn't know Tiger wasn't going to play the U.S. Open. He had gotten over here from New Zealand and had this chance to caddy for Adam Scott. And you figure, what's the big deal? So uh, yeah, it's just it's it's just interesting. I mean, Tiger hasn't played since May, and this is what we're talking about. And I thought he could have avoided that. You know, it, he could have. You know, who, who knows when Tiger's coming back? Uh, and 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 if if he does, what's a couple more months with Steve on the bag, and then you make a move in the off season? Well, I'm I'm trying to connect the dots on this, and there just seems seem to be some some holes and some things missing because supposedly you know this came down at the AT&T they they kept it quiet but then at the same time then Stevie Williams comes out and says I'm so shocked and you know you see him on practically every you know every media outlet he could get on um so you know it's just curious and at the same time supposedly he had discussed with Tiger that he was going to be caddying for Adam Scott but it doesn't there seem like there's some things missing from this story? Well, what's, the way that I, I understand it, and of course we've not heard from Tiger on this, you know, some of these details have leaked out. Obviously Steve must have told some people. Um, he got permission to caddy for Adam Scott, and then Tiger or, or people who advise him, maybe his agent, Mark Steinberg, whomever, they thought better of it and thought, you know what, maybe it's not a good idea. They went back to him and said, we really would prefer that you not do this. 
and he said, look, I've already told them I'm, I'm going to. I don't want to go back on that. So they grudgingly said, okay. Then Steve shows up to caddy for him at Tiger's tournament, and apparently he did not discuss that with Tiger. So in other words, he wasn't too happy with him for doing it at the U.S. Open, and now he does it again at the AT&T National. And, you know, as you, as you said, Tiger gave him the word on the Sunday after. So you read into that what you want. Did Tiger get mad because he didn't ask for permission the second time? Did it have to do with catting for him at all? Uh, was Steve being defiant by, by saying that he would cat, by, by, uh, uh, you know, by catting for Adam and not asking for permission? You know, so th- there is some gray area in there, but clearly it has to do with him catting for Adam Scott. And, I mean, I think you could make the argument that what's the big deal of him catting for Adam Scott until Tiger comes back? It's not like he's, he's doing it and not catting for Tiger. Tiger's not playing. So, um, yeah, that, that's, where, that's where I think some of the gray area is. It'll be interesting to see when he comes back. Obviously, Tiger's going to get asked about it. How does he answer that question? Is he going to say, yeah, I didn't like him catting for Adam Scott, or is he just going to sort of go with general, ah, I thought it was time to make a change? You know, I mean, are we ever going to really know? So, um, you know, uh, I, I'm guessing the latter. Um, I don't think he wants to get into a public uh, spat with Steve Williams, but the Steve did sort of escalate it. You know, he, um, you know, he's been, he, he, for a guy who's not talked to the media very much in his career, he kind of he let it all out there. Yeah, he sure did, and uh, again, um, you know, that's kind of interesting timing on Steve's part, um, as you said. Uh, I yeah. can't wait for the book to come out, and Bob, I think this is the last move for Tiger, just to clean off the slate. I mean, maybe this is a good reason, good time for him to pull the uh, the shoot, but, uh, yeah. uh, you know, Steve is a tough character, he's kind of, uh, you know, bristly at uh, best, and... Uh, Hey, listen, Tiger, you know, I guess, you know, when you go to therapy, they tell you, you know, you have to get right with everybody and clean off the table. So uh, I imagine this is his last move. Well, I mean, you know, on the other hand, though, he's he's stuck with his agent. Um, he's stuck with people in his camp who, you know, let's be honest, were clear, clearly enablers. I'm not saying that his agent was, but, you know, people that work for him, um at his office or what have you, knew knew about some of the things that were going on. Uh, and, you know, not to rehash all that, but still, that's what Steve Williams, I think, is very, very upset about. There was some guilt by association there with him, and he has vehemently denied knowing what was going on. And, and I believe him. You know, and I believe that, you know, people say, how could that be? I could completely understand why Tiger wouldn't want to let Steve Williams know what he was doing behind the scenes because their wives were friends. And, you know, he didn't want to put Steve in a bad spot. You know, he kind of knew that that wouldn't be good for him. What do you do? So, um, and, and but yet there's a lot of people out there who figured that Steve Williams w- was party to it, maybe helped facilitate it. And I think he was upset and annoyed that, you know, when, when Tiger came back, I'm not sure that that was put to rest very clearly, um, and it, it bugged him, you know. But yet he stuck by him, he stayed with him, uh, and there is some comfort in having somebody there that you know. And and it's been mentioned many times, you know. Steve was well, Tiger has credited him many times with being in, instrumental in helping him, 
Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, there's that dynamic as well. So it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, I find the whole thing to be unfortunate. You know, it's, uh, um, it just seems kind of strange that it, that it would go down this way. Well, I, I would also find um, it interesting that Tiger would have selective conscience in terms of wanting to keep, you know, uh, the two wives okay <laughs> in the midst of everything that he was doing. But, you know, we'll, we'll never Well, think... I mean, I, I, maybe I didn't word that properly, but, I mean, you could see... No, I agree, I agree, this, I agree, but it... It, it, was, it wasn't so much that he... I think he was... You know, he probably was worried that if Steve knew, he might tell. You know, maybe that's, let's be blunt, maybe that's what it was. Yep. You know, because he knew his wife was good friends with Elon. Yep. You know, and, or, or he knew that he might get, you know, you know, that, that Steve wouldn't approve. And the other side is he, you know, he was his right-hand man when you consider, you know, the business side of this. This is... Really, you know, beyond, I mean, there are some caddy relationships, we talked about this last week, that are beyond, I mean, this is beyond the normal caddy relationship. They were friends. You know, this was a business partnership that had, you know, gone on for a long time. And, you know, to probably upset that and have anything in the space, you know, Tiger, I think, is smarter than that when it comes to, you know, keeping things focused and on the course. Well, and, and as you they were they were in each other's weddings. You know, I mean, it, it, it went beyond, it went beyond the business relationship. They were friends. And, um, but yet, you got the sense here in the last year that, that there was tension. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of communication, apparently. Tiger wasn't really filling Steve in on what was going on with his injuries and when he was coming back. And, and Steve clearly had the impression that Tiger was going to play in the U.S. Open. I mean, he had come back to the U.S., um, Roughly, oh, I don't know, ten days or so before the start of the week, or you know, before the start of the U- U.S. Open, maybe a week before U.S. Open week, thinking that <clears throat> that Tiger was going to play, and then it was like maybe the Tuesday before the U.S. Open that Tiger announced that he wasn't going to play, and that caught Steve off guard. So, um, you know, it's uh, maybe Tiger didn't want to tell him to keep the leaks to a minimum. You know, maybe he feared that. He would get put in a bad spot with being asked about it, but uh, you know, for whatever reason, he kind of kept his, his his caddy in the dark, and and I don't think that went over very well either. Well, moving on, we uh, have the Greenbrier this week, and um, they certainly ate up the course last year uh, with the with. Um, the 59s, and, uh, you know, it sounds like they've, they've changed the course a little bit. Uh, the greens are harder. And interestingly, Tom Watson going to be playing in this tournament. <laughs> yeah, Tom Watson's playing the Greenbrier instead of the U.S. Senior Open, which has caught some people by surprise. Uh, but Watson has a long-time relationship with, with the resort. Um, he became the pro emeritus, which I'm sure a lot of people didn't realize after Sam Snead died, and he just felt some uh, need or, or want to help them out, and he committed to them months ago, uh, knowing that it was the same week as a U.S. Senior Open, but maybe not knowing that he, had, that he would have won the Senior PGA, and it kind of seemed strange that he would skip a big major, in fact, one that he's never won. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, uh, hopefully he's going to make the cut and have a good have a good tournament. 
you know, to take the sting out of him being out of the senior open. He's playing with Phil the first two days, which is kind of neat. And, yeah, he uh, said that he's, he's never played with him. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, 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 that surprised me. I got a question about that in the chat today, and I and I thought that at some place in time they would have played together, certainly at Augusta maybe, maybe way back when Phil was really young. But I guess they haven't, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's kind of neat. And um, as you mentioned, the golf course is harder. I don't think we're going to see any 59s or 60s like last year. They changed all the greens. They're much harder than they were uh, Surface-wise, they're 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 not going to hold quite as well, and they've lengthened the course a little bit. So, uh, but that I, I still think that there's going to be good scoring there, uh, but uh, but just not quite like what we saw last year. Yeah, and it was of course Stuart Appleby that shot that that 59. Um, it's a you know course with a lot of history. Um, I think liked by a, a lot of the players. Just give us a, kind of a few thoughts on the. On the um, field this week, they've got you know Sergio's in the field, Jeff Overton, Phil. Yeah, they, it's actually not bad. Um, I, uh, they, yeah, I think Davis Love is playing. Um, you know, this is this is a tough week on the schedule because next week's the Bridgestone World Golf Event, and the following week's the PGA. And if you're in the playoffs. You know, that starts two weeks later, and so then that's four weeks out of five. They've got the off week in there in the middle. Just a lot of golf here coming up, and if you're set in terms of being in the playoffs, this is an easy week to skip. I mean, Phil's looking at playing three weeks in a row, a week off, two weeks, a week off, two more weeks. A lot of golf, uh, especially for a guy who, you know, really kind of plots his schedule. But, uh, you know, I, I've said this many times. There's a lot of really good tournaments out there that don't have a top-heavy field. I mean, um, you know, there, there's only three guys in the top 50 in the world playing in Ireland this week. Of course, they happen to be Rory, Darren Clark, and, and Graham McDowell. But, I mean, if, if those are the only guys in the top 50 playing in that tournament. So it's just kind of that time of year when it's tough to get a good field because of what's coming up. Well, and, you know, another playoff this past weekend. So, it, again, we continue to have great stories week to week. And, as you said, a, l- a lot of these tournaments um, do, you know, get the opportunity to, to showcase some of the other players, and, and that's good all the way around. Who do you see uh, raising the trophy on Sunday, Bob, before we let you go? Yeah, I'm going with Sergio. Um, you know, for, for a guy who was, I mean, I was around him a couple of times, uh Whale Hollow, the Players' Championship, and he was really sort of in a weird mood and, and not even committing to qualifying for the, for the U.S. Open. Uh, and yet he goes and qualifies for the U.S. Open, gets in in a playoff, and then finishes in the top ten. And he gets into the British Open based on a money list that the U.S. Open helped and finishes in the top ten there. Now all of a sudden he's got two top tens in majors. You know, he lost in the playoff uh, at a tournament uh, on the European Tour uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, you know he's actually been playing pretty well, and uh, you know this is a ball strikers course. Uh, important, in, you know, to, to hit a lot of greens. You know, hey, why not? Hey, I, 
I can't be any more wrong than I've been all year, so I'm going to go with with Sergio this time. I like it. And I I think, again, another popular um, winner, if he were to get back into into the winner's circle, uh, you know, there's just something about his energy, much unlike uh, Seve's, where he just, you know, has a lot of passion and you you feel his pain when he's down and it pumps you up when he's, you know, happy and and passionate and, and playing great. Yeah, it's, it is. It, uh, it'd, be, it'd be good for the game, too, if he, uh, if he could bounce back, I think. Well, we'll see what happens and who we're talking about next week, Bob, as we uh, get into the next stage for our fourth major. I can't believe we're almost talking the end of uh, the season and playoffs. Uh, it's been a busy year. Thanks so much for all you do for the Golf Insiders. And catch Bob Herrig on ESPN.com. He tweets. He's got his blog. You can call in and ask him questions on Wednesdays, right, Bob, just before our show? That's right, 4 o'clock usually at Eastern time uh, every Wednesday. All right. Bob Herrick, ESPN.com, thanks so much. Thank You're you. listening to the Golf Insiders 1080 ESPN. We have Brian Hewitt coming up next. Has your car or truck been in an accident? Do you need a dent or scratch repair? Our team Auto Body and Collision is the place to go for your auto body repair. Our team specializes in auto painting, unibody, and frame alignment. Our state-of-the-art technology and factory paint matching will make your vehicle look showroom new. Trust the pros at our team Auto Body and Collision to repair your luxury or performance vehicle. We work with all insurance companies and provide discounts on insurance deductions. Our team Auto Body and Collision provides 24-hour towing and a lifetime warranty on all repairs. No damage, no problem. At our team, we paint all makes and models. Our team Auto Body and Collision. We take Take the stress out of your automobile mess. Call us today. Financing available. 407-290-1500. 407-290-1500. PlayGolfPlanet.com is Orlando's coolest place to get the hottest deals at your favorite courses around Central Florida. PlayGolfPlanet.com allows you to connect directly with the courses to book tee times online and organize your foursomes with friends all in one place. PlayGolfPlanet.com brings the best deals directly to you. It's as if you're a private member at all of your favorite courses. Every day the content changes on your personalized account. Receive exclusive tee time deals and get the latest information on local tournaments and events. PlayGolfPlanet.com is the future of golf, where golfers choose and courses deliver. Sign up today at PlayGolfPlanet.com. PlayGolfPlanet.com. Attention homeowners, do you still have roof damage or leaks from past storms or hurricanes? Let Century Roofing help you. Locally owned and operated, rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. Protect your investment. Century Roofing, honest, reliable, hardworking. Call about our tax-deductible energy products today. 877-766-3100. That's 877-766-3100. Century Roofing. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Rich Bianco, and um, you got some other goodies from your. I do. As I was absorbing, I was bl- you know just blathering on about uh, amateur golf. Now you had an amateur win the nor- uh, the nationwide uh, event. How was that? Who was that? 
his name, Hugh English, and uh, John Pearson finished se- uh, tied for second. So uh, there was a great, yeah, this was at the OSU course, at uh, the Scarlet course in Columbus, Ohio. So obviously these guys must be horses for courses, but they're still uh, competing at a very high level on the nationwide tour. And uh, Patrick Cantlay did very well in the uh, RBC Canadian. So and congratulations to great amateur golfers. In the Canadian Open, it was um, not Mike Weir, as we might have thought, that shined in his bad elbow in his uh, native lands um, tournament. But yes, withdrew from injuries again. He seems to really be struggling, um, but. Adam Hadwin, a local playing on a sponsor's exemption, uh, made it into the tournament. And um, yeah, it looks like a top ten to me, Holly. Bounce back, uh, nice late check. to finish with a seventy-two and tied with Jeff Ogilvy for fourth at two, two under. Two hundred and two hundred plus, two hundred grand. Buy you you of, take that paycheck, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, that'll buy a lot of Molsons. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we're talking global golf, there's uh, only one man we know who we go to to give us all the scoop on everything. It is Brian Hewitt from GlobalGolfPost.com. Hello. Hello, Holly. Rich. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's a big payday for a 23-year-old kid that uh, Adam had win. And, and if, I love saying this. If Hadwin had won, <laughs> he would have been the first Canadian to win that national championship in 57 years, but I'm not ready quite yet to make him out to be the next Mike Weir. Hey, the best thing I saw all weekend were the orange guys following Ricky Fowler. Did you see that? He had like uh, like a dozen orange dudes in orange, Puma gear, you know, <laughs> following I, I, him around the golf course. You know, I didn't see that, but that's just another... It, it, we're getting these sort of um, anecdotal and, and incremental evidences uh, that golf is is getting past and over Tiger Woods. And little things like that, and Rory McIlroy and, and Tom Lewis. I mean, Tom Lewis is, next week is coming to play in the Western Amateur in Chicago, uh, and, and that is a big deal in amateur golf. Uh, and, and it's just uh, another, you know, Jordan Spieth wins the U.S. Junior last week. I think we're, are, are, are we finally starting to get over Tiger Woods? Well, you threw me sort of a softball there, Brian, because um, <laughs> you had some choice words about the whole Tiger Woods, Steve Williams uh, situation. No, break Call up. it the golf situation. I wonder if they defriended each other the on big Facebook. Breakup, um, and you know, people have been kind of on, um, you know, as usual, either side of this whole thing. Um, so, tell us your take. Well. Look, Steve Williams right now is, I'm, I'm sort of in the minority here among my media colleagues. I'm a little bit surprised. Everybody's sort of coming to Steve Williams' defense for his loyalty. Um, and uh, I, I'm just not buying that. I mean, you know, if Benedict Arnold had friends, they would be loyal too. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know, this guy, Steve Williams, is, is, a, is a guy who, who uh, he's a terrific caddy, um, and, and he's, He's, he's not a very friendly guy. I mean, that's about as nice a thing as I can as I can say about him. And and it's not just me. I mean, uh, Mike Perky in Global Golf Post quoted David Faherty as saying this about Steve Williams: "Quote, he was he was just one bad yardage away from slinging luggage at LaGuardia." 
Uh, <laughs> Leave it to David. Anyhow, my, exactly. I mean, he, he gets, by the way, Faraday gets away with saying things that none of the rest of us would, would get away with saying, and, and, and I love David. Because everybody's he, afraid we might become part of his stand-up routine. Holy smokes. <laughs> I mean, he's... Uh, he, and that the, would require a lot of hush money. He, he's the hottest guy in golf. David Ferry, you, he's, he's everywhere. He, uh, he sure is. I, I was watching the golf. I love Brandel Chambly, Holly, and I was watching the golf channel the other night. And if, and if you listen to, to Ferry, he's got that sort of beguiling lilt where he ends all of his sentences like this, you know, almost with this, with this question mark. And he and Brandel were sitting together. With Rich Lerner, and by the end of the by the end of the segment, Brandel was starting to talk like David Faraday. Uh, I it, ca I caught that too. It was hilarious. You picked that up. I did. You know, hey, Brandel could use a good poke, by the way, because you know, occasionally, you know, I could doze off listening to Brandel for sure. Well, I I, I see. I'm a Brand. I, I worked with Brandel, and and I'm a Brandel fan. But but people have to be careful that the Faraday influence is uh, it, it's it's all over the place. I guess the I guess he just finished taping. Uh, a show with uh, with Tony Romo, so I guess that's that's coming up soon, and we're going to get Poulter on the Faraday show. I, it's different, you know. I, I mean, I mean, I, I, that's good. Golf needs that. That's a good thing. But uh, I guess we've gotten off. The hey, track and some, sometimes you need a little, uh, you know, it's hot like pastrami in the middle of a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you just got to mix things up. But um, yes, ma'am. But let's. There's lots going on uh, uh, in terms of golf globally, and and you guys, uh, as we've often said on this show, cover it. Uh, you know, soup to nuts. Um, we've got the women's British Open yep. at Carnoustie, and uh, kind of an interesting. Uh, thing shaping up here for Yanni Sang. Your comments? Well, I, I think it's cool that they're playing that golf course. Uh, I, I I love majors, whether they're women's majors or men's majors. That always makes you focus and and, and pay more attention. I think it it it, it might be good for uh, for the LPGA if an American woman would win. Uh, that doesn't mean I root against Yanni Singh or or anybody from Korea, but uh, for, for for the balance, it might be a good thing. I, I saw uh, Christy Kerr quoted as saying she was really looking forward to playing uh, at Carnoustie, which uh, it'll be interesting to see how they set that golf course up for the women. It'll be interesting to see what kind of score wins there. Um, I, for one, uh, uh, have no problem with a six over or eight over. Par winning a major championship, be it men or women, because I love to see the best players in the world challenged. I, I, it's not that I want to see them embarrassed. It's not that I, I, I love bogeys. But these, these men and women are so good that when they get in tough conditions, I like to see what they can do and, and what they do. I mean, some of the bogeys that are made in the U.S. Open are miraculous. Um, and I, and I, for one, Enjoy that. I do have a problem. I know I'm rambling a little bit. I do have a problem with the scheduling on the men's side. I, I just don't like the fact that the U.S. Senior Open comes the week after the Senior British Open. Those are the two biggest events um, for the 50 and over guys, and they're played week to week, and the guys have to come back from... England get over the jet lag and go play Inverness, a very tough course in, in Ohio, and and Tom Watson isn't playing in it because he's playing in the Greenbrier, and I'm I'm a little, I, you know, he Tom Watson can play anywhere he wants to play. He's earned that right, but I'm 
I'm I'm not happy with the fact that Tom Watson isn't playing in the U.S. Senior Open this week. I, I agree, and I think, you know, from the perspective of just being able to showcase the best of golf on all the tours, um, that brings me back to the LPGA again that has mm-hmm. three majors in the space of almost a month. Uh, the Evian Masters is going to become the fifth major. <laughs> um, I want your comments on that in just yeah. a second, but I, I will say just to point out that we had some good finishes uh, by the Americans in that tournament last week. Um mm-hmm. Stacy Lewis, Morgan Pressel, uh, Paula Kramer. So we'll see, you know, how how uh, they they shape up for the for the uh, British Open. But uh, the Evan Masters becoming the fifth major. Uh, gee, do you think Tim Fincham is is you know licking his wounds that uh, the TPC isn't uh, on on their plate yet? What just your comments on the whole? Uh, situation. Yeah, Tim Fincham only wishes that he could summarily declare, uh, or unilaterally declare, I should say, that, that his uh, Players' Championship is a major, and of course he can't, he would never get away with that. Uh, Michael Wan, to his credit, appears to be getting away with it. I'm, I'm not uh, a, a big fan of the fact that any sport uh, or, 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 or any section of golf has five majors. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not real happy about that but you know the lpga has sort of juggled their majors for years now i mean the dyna was never a major uh and now it's and now it's a it's a staple uh, it's it's a legitimate major and by the way quick aside stacy lewis you mentioned her holly she may be the best american player right now um and and while we're at it i'll throw this one out at you whatever happened to michelle Wee? she can't she can't break an egg anymore Hey, she makes a good Kia commercial. That's about it. There you go. <laughs> totally agree. Um, you know, she has just, um, what a disappointment, I guess, is the best thing you can say about her play. And, and now she's using the belly putter, and uh, it's it's gone from bad to worse to desperate. And, uh, you know, she's, I don't, I don't think anybody has, has stolen her swing. She still has a swing, uh, ball flight, and distance that makes you, sort of gasp when you see it i mean tom tom layman there was no accident that tom layman called her the big wheezy way way back when but but boy that seems like a million years ago and now she's just sort of she's just sort of out there floating in space yeah i think um it's it's unfortunate but again how old is she brian yeah well is she what is she 21 now i was going to say I, I wasn't sure but she's hardly over the hill and yeah. her career's hardly you know down the tubes but well, yeah well and that's part of what i'm so you got so much talent and and working with david ledbetter isn't all bad you, you just have to think at some point that 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 she's gonna you know that she's gonna bust out of this and people are saying it'll it'll happen when she gets done with school um i'm not sure about that i i think school you know i think she could I think Michelle Wee could could get to age twenty two or three. Um, she's she's a person who who has always been interested in lots of different things. Um, I I could see her stepping away from golf for a while, um, and 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 maybe not coming back at all. She's a very bright she's a very bright young woman, and uh, that would certainly be golf's loss if if that ever developed. 
Well, and, and another um, kudo to Japan's Ai Miyazato yep. in winning the Evian Masters. Uh, one thing we know is that sports has a great way of lifting people up in um, tragic times, mm-hmm. as we've experienced um, in particular with Hurricane Katrina and uh, New Orleans winning the Super Bowl. But certainly having the Women's uh, World Cup and then uh, one, you know, just an extraordinary player like I Miyazato win it's got to be good for Japan it's that was good for you know and I'll go back to I I say this at least once every time I'm on with you guys we are global golf post and so we get to claim everybody and we're thrilled to claim I Miyazato and you're absolutely right the 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 World Cup women's soccer the Japanese comeback there those women were were brave and competitive and, and inspired and that was that was a really cool thing and I Miyazato winning at Evian, I, I call that a major in waiting. By the way, uh, since it's, it's I love it. it in two years, it's going to be a major, but it's not now. So she sort of won a major, but she sort of didn't. Well, it was uh, a sad loss that the U.S. didn't bring home the cup, but um, you know there was silver lining in that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, I just wanted to get some comments from you on um, the the big win of Darren Clark at the Open Championship, and uh, as you point out in the opening of Global Golf Post this week, uh, wow! I mean, Northern Ireland, Graham McDowell, Roy McIlroy, and of course, really the guy who led the pack, Padraig Harrington. What a story! And and you you wondered who might win last week on the, on the U.S. tour. Uh, in, in Canada, but the U.S. PGA Tour event, and I said, well, it, it made perfect sense that the that the Amer the you know the Yanks have been slumping, but the American with the most Irish sounding name, Sean O'Hare, wins in Vancouver, and I think there's something magical right now about being Irish or at least having an Irish name. But but real quickly on Darren Clark, I I just continued everything that he and Rory McIlroy. Uh, and all those guys that are in Chubby Chandler's stable, everything that they're doing on and off the golf course are things that Tiger Woods and his agent Mark Steinberg should be looking at and saying, we should be doing that. And not being afraid to carry a few extra pounds and drink a pint or two, don't you know? Absolutely. He's uh, 42 going on 52 and proud of it. Love it. It was a very, very uh, popular win, no no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Brian, as always. We appreciate you spending a few minutes with us and giving us the world tour of (laughs) Global Golf Post. Check it out, everyone, globalgolfpost.com, where you can get it free every Monday morning with your cup of joe. Thanks, Brian, so much. Thanks, Holly and Rich. Adios. All right, you're listening to the Golf Insiders 1080. We have much more coming up. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel is next. Has your car or truck been in an accident? Do you need a dent or scratch repair? Our team Auto Body and Collision is the place to go for your auto body repair. Our team specializes in auto painting, unibody, and frame alignment. Our state-of-the-art technology and factory paint matching will make your vehicle look showroom new. Trust the pros at our team Auto Body and Collision to repair your luxury or performance vehicle. We work with all insurance companies and provide discounts on insurance deductibles. Our team Auto Body and Collision provides 24-hour towing and a lifetime warranty on all repairs. No damage, no problem. At our team, we paint all makes and models. Our team Auto Body and Collision. We take the stress out of your automobile mess. Call us today. Financing available. 407-290-1500. 407-290-1500. 
PlayGolfPlanet.com is Orlando's coolest place to get the hottest deals at your favorite courses around Central Florida. PlayGolfPlanet.com allows you to connect directly with the courses to book tee times online and organize your foursomes with friends all in one place. PlayGolfPlanet.com brings the best deals directly to you. It's as if you're a private member at all of your favorite courses. Every day the content changes on your personalized account. Receive exclusive tee time deals and get the latest information on local tournaments and events. PlayGolfPlanet.com is the future of golf, where golfers choose and courses deliver. Sign up today at PlayGolfPlanet.com. PlayGolfPlanet.com. Attention homeowners, do you still have roof damage or leaks from past storms or hurricanes? Let Century Roofing help you. Locally owned and operated, rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. Protect your investment. Century Roofing, honest, reliable, hardworking. Call about our tax-deductible energy products today. 877-766-3100. That's 877-766-3100. Century Roofing. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, We're back to Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich Bianco. And uh, we're going to spend a few minutes with one of our favorites who is just back from the RBC Canadian Open. You probably saw him all week and all weekend long, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Very busy boy, that Todd Lewis. He's got the women's bridge. Are you saying A, A? <laughs> no, actually, you know what? We just, I mean, we're still over in the Pacific time zone. My wife and I, my wife came out and joined me, and we went up to Whistler and played golf and, uh, Oh, you lucky yeah, so, dog! So we just we just crossed the border in the United States. We're gonna hang out in Seattle for a couple of days, so we're enjoying. I, you know, I know you guys are in a heat wave right now. The whole country is just about, but we didn't crack seventy all week. You're and killing it, so. us! You're <laughs> killing us, Todd! Oh my God! Don't say it so gleefully. We can just hear yeah. your smile through the radio. Yeah, oh my God! Well, um, good finish, Sean O'Hare. Uh, you know, good to see him back in the winner's circle. He kind of uh, backed into it a little bit. Not the best playoff, but um, were you surprised? Because it sounded like from everything I read that he said he played, you know, like a dog earlier in the week and was, you know, certainly having, up to that point, one of his worst years on tour. Yeah, well, he has been playing well. He missed the cut in his last two events prior to the RBC Canadian Open. He missed actually 10 cuts and 17 starts this year. Uh, much talked about firing of his swing coach, Sean Foley, who is Tiger's swing coach. Um, you know, it, it's been a, it's been kind of a low point for Sean's career, uh, without a doubt. I mean, he was, a couple of years ago, he was looked at like the Nick Watney or the Dustin Johnson of, of young American golfers, and he just you know, fell off the planet. His game leaves him as, as fragile as, as the top-level game can be. That shows it right there from Sean O'Hare. But... Uh, you know, it's interesting to see how he's going to bounce back from this. I mean, he did get a win. It was a very, very difficult golf course. I mean, they can hold the U.S. Open on that course this week. Uh, so i, I got to believe it's instilled and infused a lot of confidence for him moving forward. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see where he's going to go moving forward for the next few months. Well, call me crazy, but I think this whole Irish thing is just spilling out all over. So they're playing on a course called Shaughnessy Golf and Country Club. <laughs> you got O'Hare, you know, I mean, I think it's just that little magic genie is rubbing off on everybody. 
Yeah, I uh, possibly, possibly. I, I will say this though: it's it is one of the greatest golf courses in Canada. I mean, it is it is a fantastic layout. It really is. I mean, it's beautiful. It's interesting to see how guys made the transition. Both Van Pelt may have been the best one, where you got to hit the ball low and on the ground like he had to at Royal St. George's at the Open Championship. And here, you got to get the ball in the air. The green's about half the size as the normal PGA Tour greens are. Uh, the rough was five inches, not only deep but dense. Uh, tree line, you know, hardly anywhere. It was, I mean, it was it was a total 180 from the Open Championship. And to see him, Van Pelt, and Chad Campbell playing well, it, it was quite interesting. How about uh, uh, John Daly actually hung in there for uh, yeah. four rounds? Top ten, I think. Yeah. Yeah, first top ten since 2005 for John Daly when he uh, finished second losing a playoff at the WGC American Express Championship to Tiger Woods. And that's another guy who I'm interested to see what happens to him moving forward because he was able to not only, I mean, he's got a good, really good short game. I mean, he really does. He's an underrated short game player. But uh, his driver kept him in the game pretty much throughout the week. And he's got to start this week at uh, the Greenbrier due to a sponsor's exemption. Uh, you know, if he can keep rolling a couple more top tens, maybe a top three here and there, you know, he can get his PGA Tour card through a money list again. And so John Daly may be back as a full-time PGA Tour member. I- I'm really interested to see what happens to him, Mike O'Hare, over the next few months. We're going to talk. We're talking to Todd Lewis of the Golf Channel, and it is moving to the Greenbrier in uh, Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, a very um, uh, well-respected property and lots of history. It requires, I think, a lot of good straight driving, Todd. And it sounds like from the early reports that greens are going to be hard, much faster, and they aren't going to be shooting any 59s, or at least Tom Watson saying that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm hearing that too. A lot of the, uh, well, the owner said that he's not going to have that happen again because he actually wants to bring the President's Cup to, uh, to the Greenbrier in the future. They put in new greens. They're firmer. They're faster. The, the fairways have been shortened in. They've been narrowed. Uh, and, and a little bit of length has been added to this course. So you are not going to see, I don't think, I don't think you're going to see anybody threatening a 59 this week. Uh, and it's going to be a good test of golf. You've got a good field in there, too, with Sergio Garcia. Phil Mickelson's playing. You mentioned Tom Watson is playing. So, uh, yeah, this, again, is going to be a great event. This, the Greenbrier suddenly just exploded as one of the you know, top draws now on the PGA Tour. Guys are coming to use this event and then go to Akron next week uh, at Bridgestone and then go to the PGA Championship to kind of build some momentum heading into the final major of the year. Well, it's an iconic old hotel. The course, yeah. actually the old white course, opened in 1914. It was named for the well-known old white hotel, which stood on the grounds from 1858 to 1922. Woodrow Wilson played there. So there's all kinds of history. And I think there's just something very captivating about Greenbrier, which, uh, of course, uh, Sam Snead, longtime um, uh, you know, sponsor and promoter of Greenbrier. And the same for Tom Watson. I mean, it just shows you know, the connection. And you know, kind of the the loyalty they have. Molly, I have to say, you have been hitting Google a lot. You think? That's, a big, <laughs> that's some good information there. Yeah, I mean, it's a historic place. Uh, it's great. I mean, the, the PGA Tour loves to have this stop there uh, again because, first off, it's got a lot of backing. It seems like it's going to be a solid um, stop on the PGA Tour for a number of years, which of course makes Tim Fincham happy because that's money coming in to the tour. 
but because of all the classic stuff that you mentioned, the history there, it's drawn some big names. And again, it, it's a good way to run up to, to the PGA Championship. So, yeah, I like this stuff. I mean, it, it's good. I mean, some, some guys are, who are going to Greenbrier came, I mean, some guys went from the British Open all the way over to Vancouver and now going back over to the East Coast in West Virginia. I mean, yeah, they get a lot of they get a lot of sky miles in. Well, I I think um, I think for some players, venue does make a difference, and you know this is kind of you know it's classic, it's in the woods, you know it's a place they can just kind of uh, downshift a little bit and enjoy. Yeah, I agree. You know, it, it, totally. I think this is a great event, and uh, they probably yeah, just have I, to I, keep I, them I look, keep them from whitewater rafting and and you know breaking a <laughs> wrist or two. I, I think they have a skeet shooting. Uh, Field there. Uh, I mean, and they got they got stables. They can do just about anything. Just, yeah, that's a good thing. That's one good thing actually that players do look at because they want to because it is still summer and kids are out of school. They want to make sure that their family members are, are taken care of, and, that, and this offers that opportunity. Well, it's it's great, and we were speaking earlier that uh, you know there's just so many different types of tournaments and venues, and um, you know we want them all to be healthy and and uh, successful and long term. So it's good for golf. I agree totally. Any uh, thoughts coming into the weekend, and who your pick might be? Wow. Well, I, you know, I'm looking at Sergio Garcia. He's playing uh, for the first time since the Open Championship where he, you know, he's kind of in the mix of that event. He's been kind of in the mix of a lot of events this year. He's playing really, really well. I think he's top five on scoring average. Uh, played this event last year. Didn't really factor, but he did make the cut. Um, I, I, you know, Sergio has, has suddenly bounced back on the scene, on the world golf scene. Uh, he seems to have a better attitude. The putting is still an issue with him, but if he can somehow, you know, Get that figured out. I mean, his ball striking is still incredible. I mean, Sergio Garcia could still be a player um, moving forward. I mean, who knows? If he keeps playing this way, he very well may be a contestant at Atlanta, so at the PGA Championship. So I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to see how Sergio is going to play this week. And of course, we, we're interested to see how Phil's going to play as well whenever he teams it up. Yep, there's going to be within the mix of the Open Championship. There's going to be some good television this weekend, and tell our listeners uh, where they can tune in to coverage on the Golf Channel. Well, of course, the first two rounds you can see only on the Golf Channel, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We love it. And uh, Golf Central, we're going to catch you this week. No, you're on vacation. I'm on vacation. I come back Monday. I'll tell all the wrap-ups from uh, West Virginia. I'll be on the work Monday through Wednesday or Thursday, I think. And then I'm on the road for two weeks uh, to, the, to Atlanta for the PGA Championship and then to my hometown of Greensboro for the Wyndham Championship. All right. Well, we'll appreciate you checking in with us wherever you are, Todd, including on vacation and cruising the beautiful west coast of Canada. We love you. Thanks so much. Todd Lewis, our man from the Golf Channel. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 1080 ESPN. Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel here to wrap it up in a minute. Has your car or truck been in an accident? Do you need a dent or scratch repair? Our Team Auto Body and Collision is the place to go for your auto body repair. Our Team specializes in auto painting, unibody, and frame alignment. Our state-of-the-art technology and factory paint matching will make your vehicle look showroom new. Trust the pros at Our Team Auto Body and Collision to repair your luxury or performance vehicle. We work with all insurance companies and provide discounts on insurance deductibles. Our Team Auto Body and Collision provides 24-hour towing and a lifetime warranty on all repairs. No damage, no problem. At Our Team, we paint all makes and models. Our Team Auto Body and Collision. We Take the stress out of your automobile mess. Call us today. Financing available. 407-290-1500. 407-290-1500. 
Attention homeowners, do you still have roof damage or leaks from past storms or hurricanes? Let Century Roofing help you. Locally owned and operated, rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. Protect your investment. Century Roofing, honest, reliable, hardworking. Call about our tax-deductible energy products today. 877-766-3100. That's 877-766-3100. Century Roofing. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebbles. We're back, the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk, and we are going straight to our local man, uh, Jeff Shane. From the Orlando Sentinel, of course, Rich B has it right in front of him here. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, running a little long tonight. We're sorry, but um, I know you were on deadline last week, breaking the scoop on Tiger, and thought uh, we'd just get a couple comments from you on, um, you know, what how you think this all played out in terms of uh, one of the breakups of golf history. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I think I have to echo what, what Bob Herrick said, you know, back at the top of the show, is that the, the timing just is really odd, and that uh, you would think that, that the last thing Tiger would want uh, going on right now is a little bit more drama. And whenever he comes back, whether it's next week at the Bridgestone, he comes back at the PGA, if he comes back, you know, at, at, at the Chevron in December, you know, he's gonna he's gonna have a new caddy with him, and he's gonna have to answer a couple of those questions, regardless of. Uh, of when he comes back is, you know, why Why did you fire your right-hand man for 13 years between the ropes? Who do you think is going to be his replacement? Boy, that, that is a good question, and if you hunt, hunt around enough on the Internet, you can find odds on anything. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think that, um, you know, some of, the, some of the names that have been out there certainly make sense. Uh, you know the 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 one that uh, you know jumps out right away is uh, is Tony Navarro who uh, you know was Adam Scott's caddy before and, their breakup and, and used to uh, used to caddy for my friend Jeff Sluman from Rochester <laughs> way back and for, and for Greg Norman as well and and in fact Norman you know kind of gave him you know uh, you know I don't know if you call it a recommendation he gave you know certainly spoke highly of him uh, in an interview uh, on, at another outlet uh, earlier in the week and. Uh, he's certainly got enough experience. He's uh, he, he's you know one of the well-respected caddies out there right now. He's working for Angel Cabrera, but uh, I'm not sure Angel you know has the potential upside that Tiger does. So that would be the one that jumps out right away. We know that uh, Ricky Roberts, Ernie's uh, caddy for the longest time, uh, you know, was actually supposed to have a gig working for Darren Clark until uh, he took an ill-timed week off to. Uh, be there when Ernie was inducted into the Golf Hall of Fame, and the uh, fill-in uh, helped Darren Clark win uh, over on the European Tour. So they stuck together for a while, and now they're both British Open champions. So Ricky is a little bit out of luck there. I also heard an intriguing name in Brett Waldman, who used to work for Camilo Vigegas last year, left the caddy job to go try and qualify uh, for his PGA Tour card. Didn't get that, but... Uh, wound up with a nationwide tour card, but he's struggling on the nationwide tour. 
So he might be uh, somebody willing very quickly to go back into caddying if there's some good upside. Well, we know you have been uh, trotting the globe here, covering uh, worldwide over the British Open, and we've got the British Women's uh, Open this week. Anything do you want to give a scoop of for stuff going on locally? You probably haven't had much of a chance to get out and play much, but uh, anything you want to fill our listeners in on? Well, I really have not uh, had a chance to, to get out and swing my own clubs for, for months. A uh, couple, couple of things that uh, are, I know are on the radar, U.S. amateur qualifying is, uh, is going on uh, right now uh, across the country, and there's one uh, in Orlando uh, that is uh, today and tomorrow. I don't have the, the results of that. We also have the first stage of LPGA tour qualifying it's not too early to think about q school for some other people and uh, that's over in daytona where uh, lexi thompson uh is uh, is in the field and right now she's got a three-shot lead over everybody else although you don't necessarily have to win the thing to get what you want out of it so she's playing well which is good to see because she had really struggled in the month of june as i wrote uh, this morning if she was playing in the month of june the way she seems to be this week uh, just with her ball striking, she may have been able to get into the top 100 in the world rankings and avoid first stage, but, you know, well, it didn't work. Well, we'll keep our eyes on her. Jeff, Shane, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week when we have more time. Check them out at <laughs> OrlandoSentinel.com.